0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 1225 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip features Steve Krause from the Cornell University Farrier Program, and he's got a short course on the internal structures of the hoof. And we'll get right to our tip right after this from Kentucky Performance Products. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was 10 years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. And I'm so happy once again to welcome Steve Krause, the fellow who's in charge of the Ferrier Program at Cornell University, back to the show. Welcome back, Steve.
0: Hi,
1: how are you doing today? We're doing great. Now, last time you were here, we talked about the external structures of the horse's hoof, the parts that your average horse owner gets to look at on a regular basis and uh, the functions of those structures and some common things that might go wrong. This time we're going inside, aren't we? Okay. What, what are those major structures on the inside of the hoof that... um Horse owners really just, we need to be aware of them and we need to understand how they work, even though we don't see them.
0: Okay, well, let's start off with um, the best place for this is the the skeleton and the bones. And a good trivia question is, how many bones inside a horse's hoof? And the answer to that would be two and a half.
1: Hey! That's a a trick question.
0: (laughs) Right, right. And so... Uh, if you start right on the very end, being that we 're talking about the horse's hoof, let's start at the bottom and work the way up rather than the other way around. if we start at the bottom, we have the most distal bone distal means furthest from the end of the the, the horse's body. The most distal bone is called the coffin bone. you've well heard of that and and uh, that's also known as the third phalanx or p three um, or so. And, and that's the bone that we talked earlier about that interdigitates, has tissue that interdigitates with the hoof wall. So the coffin bone is a very important bone. It's a very, you know, it's in a vulnerable spot and it has to do a lot of hard work because it uh, kind of helps, it joins the rest of the horse to the foot. Um, and part of another um uh, internal structure is the laminae that come off the coffin bone and that are like little fingers interlocking some fingers from the, the hoof wall itself and then other fingers interlocking from the coffin bone. And each of those fingers have additional fingers that interlock again sideways. So these, these different laminae, there's a lot of surface area um, uh, t- attaching to the, the, the coffin bone that attaches to the hook wall, and so it's a very large area because of the amount of these little interdigitating little little fingers called laminite. and if you ever get a chance to look at um, uh, micrographs of this, it's amazing to look at how all these little fingers, and, and then on the sides of the fingers, there's more little fingers that really, uh, on a smaller level. So it's really cool to see all this stuff. That's what helps told this horse um, onto his coffin bone while he's jumping and galloping, and, and there's a lot of weight distribution here, a lot of flexibility of the foot. As we move up the leg, right above it is the second phalanx, which is P2, uh, which is um, uh, what we call the short pastern bone. And so half of that is in the hoof wall. So the, the coronary band. We look at uh, the the foot laterally. If we had a radiograph the coronary band should have about half of the second phalanx below it and half of it above it. That's why we can say there's two-and-a-half bones in the horse's foot. That's the the half bone we were just talking about. Uh, And now um, when the coronary band sort of cuts that right in half uh, from front to rear, um, if we look at that in a radiograph, and there's a lot more of the second phalanx below the coronary band, and that horse has problems because he's had some type of laminitic or boundary event, and, and the hook wall the capsule has moved up the leg or he has sunk down it. So, we use that as you know, uh, an external structure like the coronary band, and we can mark it for the x ray, and the internal structure of the cough of the second phalanx to determine if the horse has actually sunk through his hoof capsule because of disease. The other bone, the other full bone that's inside the horse's foot is the navicular bone, which is right behind and slightly below the joint of the, the coffin bone and the short pastern bone. And that works as a fulcrum. So the deep flexor tendon runs down the leg and attaches to muscles further up on the top of the leg comes down and wraps itself around the backside of the navicular bone, and then that deep flexor tendon hooks to the bottom of the coffin bone, so you have this, like, uh, you know, fulcrum effect of the way the horse will um, flex his leg on that navicular bone. So that bone's under a lot of pressure at times, and that's why, you know, it's something we worry about when the mechanics aren't right and too much pressure is put on that bone. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense. Well, and any time a horse owner hears the word navicular, we all get sweaty palms because uh well, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's a it's not a it's not a leading factor, but it's certainly in the list of things you don't want wrong with your horse. And uh it's it's something you know, it's somewhat confirmation driven. So horses with um really poor uh Heels and and long toes, low heels and long toes are more susceptible because there's more leverage uh, on that bone. There's too much leverage on that fulcrum. And then the other problem is horses that have very high heels and heels left artificially high, um, that's too much of a good thing. And uh, what happens is, is The frog atrophies, like we talked about earlier, that the frog needs to be uh, very vibrant and be able to bear weight. So we leave too much heel. The horse starts landing toe heel instead of heel first, and then navicular bone gets slammed into the ground when the horse has too much heel. So there's a happy medium that has to be achieved for each horse to protect that navicular bone properly. Um, There are a lot of other internal structures that we think about um, in the foot, um, right below the backside of the, the, the coffin bone and right below the navicular bone, directly below it, is the digital cushion. And that helps protect the navicular bone. It's a shock-absorbing system. And that also aids in the, the movement of blood up and down the horse's leg. So when the, when the horse loads, the digital cushion is like a sponge. And um, blood gets squeezed up the horse's leg. A lot of people, you know, think of uh, I've heard the term the horse has a heart in each foot. Well, horse has five hearts. Not really. It works just sort of the opposite um, because it's a negative pressure situation. When the horse um, takes his foot off the ground, the digital cushion is like a sponge absorbing water. Uh, you know, a sponge absorbs water when it doesn't have anything in it. Whereas the digital cushion when it's unloaded, uh, blood flows into it. And then when it's when the horse loads, the blood flows back out. So it's not quite a pumping action like you would think. But the digital cushion is very important for good function. to move blood up and down the leg. And um, when horses have a condition um, known as um, flat or negative palmer angles, it's usually when the horse is rocked back a lot and has a very atrophied digital cushion. And so that digital cushion is not working correctly, it's not protecting the navicular bone, and it's not moving blood up and down the the leg very well. So, you know, there are a lot of things that go wrong when we have a flat or negative palm or angle.
1: So when it comes Um, to that type of an issue, where um, the abnormal balance within the structure of the hoofs affects that Palmer cushion, can it be repaired? Is it the kind of thing that you get to get that balance fixed so the polymer angle is correct? Will, the, will that cushion begin to function properly, or is it once it stops functioning properly, you're just SOL? Well,
0: again, it's the type of thing that the more time it goes not functioning properly, and uh, some of it can have a component of confirmation, some of it is a component of improper trimming, shoeing, and so on. Um, obviously, a blend of these things. Um, so, the more, the, the sooner you recognize there could be a problem with this, uh, the sooner the the problem is corrected, then the, the more likely you can have a healthier foot. So, if you have a more mature horse that this is not recognized and nothing's being done over a long period of time. That digital cushion atrophies even more. The horse rocks back more. You have more of a negative palmer angle than a slightly flat or slightly low palmer angle or plantar angle on the back feet. We saw one last week with very low um, plantar angles on the rear feet, and this was a young horse, too. Um, But anyway, if you do things to help this, uh, support the leg better, get the the mechanics better. A lot of times, uh, shoes are too short. The length of the shoe is too short, not supporting the leg, letting the foot rock back more, crushing this more. And some type of frog support. It could be in a bar-type shoe um, that has some frog support to it, a pouring pad. Anything that stimulates and uh, sometimes a little bit of a wedge also is going to help these horses if you trim the feet right. Um, so it's hard to say exactly what's going to help, but... There are things we do depending on the confirmation and what we see before us.
1: And this is the kind of thing it sounds like x-rays are in order for appropriate diagnosis and to create a plan to correct it?
0: Yeah. I can predict a lot of times. I've seen enough of these. If you see a lot of horses and see the radiographs that come off them, after a while you can kind of say, okay, I'm making a really good guess here. Um, If you look at a horse from the side, And you look at his coronary band, especially like his hind coronary band because it's more of a reference point. Um, and that is pointing towards his belly. You know, if you had like a line, if you could like take a laser beam and make a line on the coronary band and have it straight up where that's pointing, looking from the side, and it's pointing at his belly, it's very likely he's got a, a, um, a negative plantar angle behind. And then he's not going to use his hind end well, and he's going to have these problems. That line on a normal horse is, plant, is, is going to be aimed somewhere above his knee but below his elbow. Huh, interesting. I wish I had a visual to show you that. Right well, I'm going to have
1: to go out and test it now. <laughs> go out right, and test right. It. Yeah, that very interesting. So something that you you don't hear about as as much as perhaps you used to because horses don't spend as much time on roads as they once did, but, um, you used to hear a lot about horses having problems with side bones. What are they and what structures inside of the foot do they affect?
0: Okay. That was going to be my next, um, um, item going around the inside of the foot. So (laughs) on each side of the foot, you have these like what they call lateral cartilages and they're part of the, the way the foot is constructed to, you know, um, move, load and unload and keep its form properly and so on. So these lateral cartilages can, over time, um, and again, depending upon the horse, the breed, how much use, certainly you talk about on a hard road, more concussion, these lateral cartilage ossify on the side or the wings of the coffin bone. and so. What well, ossify means turn to bone, and and so bone remodels with impact or concussion. So so horses that hit their heels too hard, uh, or are you know working really on hard roads a lot, start developing side bone, which in itself is not a big problem. Um, um, it, it's kind of like a lot of horses develop side bone with age, uh, as far as the aging process. The problem with side bone is is when it Is comes on faster than it should with the age. So if you look at radiographs of side bone and you see these big things that almost look like devil's horn staring at you, well, if that was a 25 or 30 year old horse, I go no big deal. But if it was a five year old horse, I go wow, you know. Mm -hmm. And so. And even then, as these little, like, they look like little horns, radiographically, are growing, it's still not a big deal. Uh, But when, as these horns get bigger and bigger and they start extending towards the um, coronary band, now they can start actually uh, uh, growing in time and above the coronary band, and you see like little bumps above the coronary band. Now, this can get painful for the horse if you've got this structure growing in there that doesn't belong there and it's got no place to go. The other thing, it can be painful for the horse, or now it's fragile and can easily be broken. It's stepped on by another horse or by this horse itself, or bang it, it's something. Now you have a broken side bone, and, and you call that a sequestrum. You have a piece of bone floating around here that is going to possibly necrose or needs to be taken out. So uh, certainly side bones can be a bad problem, but early on, they're not.
1: Interesting. So that's one of those uh, things, again, that it's, you have to look at the bigger picture. A side bone in and of itself, right. not necessarily time to panic.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I would panic if it was a really young horse. I would be going like, okay, why is this happening? You know, in a very young horse. And mm-hmm. I, but it, I, it's part of the aging process for a lot of horses. Mm-hmm. It's when it's huge early on or as time goes on again confirmation or work and, or both cause you know bones remodel to the forces that are placed on them
1: mm-hmm. so we've looked at um issues that can happen you can have problems with the navicular bone you can have problems with the plantar cushion you can have problems with the lateral cartilages are there any other okay. internal structures that that are it that typically can cause a uh, horse soundness issues
0: Well, you know, certainly there's a bunch of little ligaments and 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 tendons and all these things that attach and hold all this whole system together, and any any injury to one of them or tears, I mean, there's a whole list of diseases. That's like an you know like an hour long lecture (laughs) I could do for you. But um, uh, the other thing that really, when you think about internal external structures, is um, punctures and abscesses and um, things that happen and um, physically to the coffin bone. So if a horse steps on a nail or other object or a screw and punctures the sole far enough that it nicks the coffin bone, uh, maybe even takes a piece out of it, then you've got a, a real medical problem that has to be addressed. Um, uh, if, an, if a screw or nail punctures the frog and goes through into the digital cushion, it's not as bad, but right above the digital cushion is the attachment uh, the insertion of the deflexor tendon and if that tendon gets missed, then you've got a real problem you've got an infection and so on and I have all these great pictures of screws and nails going into the bottoms of horses mm. and an and important thing about this stuff and it's hard to uh, um, do this sometimes is if your horse steps on a nail or a screw or any other thing that you know pierces, the first impulse is to want to take it out but what you if you can if there's veterinary help near you know soon that you can take a radiograph or if there's some way to cut off what's still protruding we want to see what how deep this screw or nail is gone um that way we know what's in, what's it what's been hurt or not uh if it's you know and that's going to determine the level of um care the horse needs now and one way to deal with this, and this happened actually right out nearby the farrier shop at Cornell one day. One of the research horses uh, stepped walking on a the, on roadway there. It must have been a power screw that fell out of the back of a workman's truck. And the horse stepped on it and went right into its frock. Ah. The horse was instantly lame. And they um, ran over to the shop, told me what was going on. We wanted Obviously, we have radiograph equipment, so we want to see how deep this thing has gone. Um, so I grabbed a piece of dense foam, made cut like a donut that's the size of a foot, and duct tape, and I duct taped this on the horse's foot, so now there's no more pressure. The horse can walk on it without stepping on this screw anymore more than it was. And we got the horse to radiography real quick, and we could tell how far that screw went in, and it, another millimeter it would have damaged the tendon.
1: Wow. is that crazy? So by not
0: letting this horse walk on it, by cutting this you know a piece of uh, dense foam and making like a donut so that you know nothing is pressure so that would be a, a quick first aid thing you can do and then call the vet.
1: Yeah, well, you um, know, if that... you do
0: pull, if you do pull the nail or screw out, the vet can inject contrast dye in that hole and tell how deep the penetration was.
1: Yeah, that because that's key because if it if it. Damages those internal structures, uh, you're gonna ha- you're gonna want to be right on preventing an infection rather than treating it as if oh it's just a a, right. a shallow puncture we're gonna treat it this way. The treatment for a deep puncture that damages those tissues is gonna be pretty different from the get go, isn't it? Well, it would be life threatening. Yeah. Wow. Now, see, now that makes me want to go out and get some dense foam and a set of bolt cutters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in this particular. Uh, and when the screw went in, um, we wanted to unscrew it. It was in there pretty good. And, of course, we didn't want to push on it, you know, to, you know, make contact with the screwdriver. And so what I did is I took pliers and grabbed the top and unscrewed it with the pliers rather than try and push on it.
1: Oh, yeah, with the because, screwdriver. yeah, that would push again. ooh, golly. You're just, oh, right. yucky. Steve, you <laughs> give me nightmares. Well, thank you once again uh, for coming on and uh, causing a minor panic for this person and make me want to go out and increase the number of tools I keep in my barn for these sorts of events. Uh, tell folks where they can find the Cornell University Farrier Program.
0: Um, we do have a, a website. So if you go on the Cornell University Veterinary College website and then you know search for the farrier. You can see all our stuff about the school and about our program and our services. And you can go on the um, Facebook page for Cornell Farrier program. You just go on there. And in fact, I'm pretty sure if you scroll down, there's like, you know, many years of cases in the, in the pictures. Um, there is a picture of a foot on there that had a 16 penny nail driven right up at, um, that beautiful radiograph of that, um, so, again, you can see that on there.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Steve. We'll see you again soon. Ooh, there you have it. You can find links to today's guest as well as a lot more tips at horsetipdaily.com. Make sure you have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And you can also subscribe via iTunes. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products and listeners like you. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.